Hi, I'm Graham Lasseau, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, we review our opening day draw against Liverpool at the bridge. We give our knee-jerk temperature checks. We're going to talk about the most expensive Premier League signing ever. Moises Caicedo is now a blue, officially. We're going to chat more transfers and other news, including the signing of Romeo Lavia. And we look forward to our Sunday afternoon match against West Ham at the London Stadium and our own ESCR Quizmaster Brady has got another Chelsea quiz for us. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. And we've even managed to get a new intro shout out from former Chelsea left back, Graham Lasseau. So thanks, uh, Chris Milner, for sorting that out for us. We're going places, boys. Yeah, I mean, Graham Lasseau made 300 appearances for Chelsea. Now he's made an appearance on the ESCR pod. What a career. Topped it off, cherry on the cherry on the cake. But yeah, great that we got that. Get a few more, hopefully. We've uh, we've nearly got a couple more, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep them coming. Yeah, thanks to Graham for doing that. That's absolutely awesome. And yeah, like you said, Chelsea legend, one of actually twelve players that have played two spells at Chelsea FC, and it's an early. Uh, you said the ESR Quizmaster Brady, the ESR Quizmaster Craig has got an early quiz for you. He's coming for the title. Can you name? I'm going to give you. You can get eight of these. Uh, there's twelve of them, but you, I, 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 you're not going to get four. Pre, what's this? A pre-quiz. This is a pre-quiz. Can you name oh, the eight yes. players that have played two spells at Chelsea Football Club? Louise. Oh, David Louise. David Louise. Yeah. David Louise. Yeah, Ding. Matic. Nemanja Matic. Ding. It's harder when you're answering, isn't it? Yeah, that's is this it. Young players. It's going to be like Danny Sturridge. Did he come and go? Danny Sturridge did not ever come back to Chelsea. Oh, I thought he was there when he was younger. Mm. Not bad. Mm. And we got we got two, right? So. You've got two. I mean, you're missing one's still playing at the club. You're you're missing him. I mean, he's sort of playing. He's at the club. Oh, Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku, number yeah. three. Big Rom. Yeah. Go on, big Rom. So Lasso's obviously four. So you've got four well, more. They're all to Premier, get. yeah. You've got four more to get. Um. I think that you'll you definitely you're definitely gonna get one more. <laughs> Can you say that? Well, one more is like I'm surprised you haven't said him yet. One of the more famous players that's ever played two two spells at Chelsea. Mm. Won a Champions League for Chelsea. Oh, Drogba, yeah, sorry. Didier Drogba, there we go. Oh uh, yeah, Drogba come back, didn't they? Um the other ones I'm gonna. I'll just let you breathe, there, guys. You're not gonna get you them. Give us a clue. Give us a clue. No, no, no. You, you never get. Well, okay. Well, one of them, but you don't even know these really. But one of them is uh, he, he scored in the with a diving header in the in the replay of a 1970s cup final with Leeds. Have I got final? Peter Osgood. Peter Osgood played two spells at Chelsea. Don't know if you knew that, but now you do. Now I do. Um, the Very other good. one I remember playing. So one of my first games at Chelsea, he was in the squad. Um, I believe. Way back. So, a long, long time ago. 
um, sold to Liverpool in 1987, um, and he came back to, in 1992 for four more years. No idea. The cause, the cause era. It's probably centre mid. He had an, I think he had a sweet named after him at Chelsea for a bit. I don't know if he still does. Just don't know, mate. Nigel Spackman. Nigel Spackman. Oh, shout! What was the sweet called? It was just that was in like a the, the Nigel Spackman suite, or yeah, I think yeah. it was like a bar, wasn't it? On the yeah, or maybe it was a bar, something like that around yeah. Chelsea. But yeah, Spackman. Uh, Steve Spackman, Steve Wicks called Spackmans. Steve Wicks, Alan Hudson, Charlie Cook, John Hollins, and Alan Harris are the others. But twelve players to play for Chelsea twice. Graham Lasso is one of them, and uh, absolute Chelsea legend. And yeah, thanks for the intro. Yeah, thanks, very good. Man. Yeah, that's our quiz done for them. We're done. I'm out to do one later now. Right. <laughs> um, Right, well, let's let's take a look back at uh, what was going on on Sunday. Um, we've actually had to delay the recording of this pod because me and Craig both lost our voices screaming um, or shouting after <laughs> one, of, uh, for, one of which for a goal that didn't actually ever end up yeah. being a goal. <laughs> Chilwell one's done me. I couldn't talk afterwards, but um, yeah, the game finished one-one. Um, it was a game, fairly even game in terms of chances. Uh, where Chelsea created like an XG about 1.4. Liverpool had roughly like 1.3. I think if you kind of round it up. Um, Possession-wise, we we kind of dominated them. I think there's a stat on this where I think we uh, we had 65% possession, they had 35, which I think is like the fourth highest recorded. Um, pass accuracy was good, 85% for us. Shots on target, we had four of 10, whereas Liverpool only managed one shot on target out of their 13 shots. And no saves. For Sanchez, um, only uh, well, the shot on target obviously was the goal. Probably and, a good job, uh, really. No shots on target for Sanchez. Any more talk about that? <laughs> um, right. What do we think? What's our take on uh, what happened on Sunday and how it unfolded? First, first, I was expecting this to come out the blocks flying on Sunday. I thought with the preseason we had, the, the lineup we selected, the worst case scenario, we were going to be sort of all-out press, all-out energy, first 15, 20 minutes. That just didn't happen at all. We actually, the structure of our team looked absolutely awful. We couldn't get out of our half. The, the, the space between Gallagher and the rest of the attacking t- team when, when he got the ball from, from goal kicks and from like low possession was absolutely crazy. I, I've never yeah, seen that. a, a wow. setup like that ever. And I guess maybe Liverpool sort of surprised us a bit by playing a lot of the game early stages in sort of a mid-block, we were maybe expecting them to be a bit higher, maybe Gallagher was going to get the ball and try and be a bit more direct, and obviously with Liverpool playing a bit deeper, that wasn't quite as easy to do, but yeah, I just, the first 15-20 minutes was just absolutely dreadful and just not what I was expecting at all, um, like I said, after the preseason we had and, and how the team's shaped up, so I'm glad we got it sorted and ended up really, really dominating the game, especially the second half, fantastic displays all around the pitch, and, and yeah, we some a lot to look forward to for the rest of the season based on, on the rest of that display. Yeah, I mean, the main disharmony, I think, in the first 25 minutes, which Craig alluded to, I think was to do with the system. I mean, that I mean, we were all shocked in the pub uh, when, it, when the team came out. Chris particularly was fuming. I was trying to calm him down uh, that we'd actually gone free at the back. Well, yeah, I'll come on to it, but yeah. Yeah, you weren't happy. Um, Poch said in his presser after, he, he actually, somebody... Asked him, I think he must have preempted. He's going to be asked this question that 
you know, you play three at the back today, Arthur. But no, 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 no. It's four at the back. If you actually get get the drone out and uh, watching the different phases, we were we were building up with a four at times. So it was a bit of a, you know, Pep Guardiola and his managers, they say formations are just, they're fluid, they're not set. But um, yeah, we really struggled in the transition in the first 25 minutes. Uh, we didn't press well and that allowed Liverpool to, I mean, nearly uh, get the game out of sight. I mean, let's be honest, with the Salah chance, thin, thin mar- fine margins, if that's the goal, we're going to struggle to get back after 2 0. But the, the main thing in this game, especially in the first half, was it was a bit old school Tuchel ball on the right hand side. It was Reese James whipping in crosses, and we saw Sterling and James link up for, I think, for the first time, really. I think Leicester at home last year, when Sterling scored twice, or did they, they did some nice link up, but. There was an athletic piece uh, about Sterling's positioning and he was really getting into the half spaces, giving Andrew Robertson a bit of a headache and Van Dijk a bit of a headache, lots of one-twos, lots of link-up. So that was good. That faded away in the second half. But I thought between another half-an-hour mark and around the 80-minute mark, we were easily the best team and we could have won. Again, unfortunately, as I think we'll, we'll, we'll maybe talk about it now, there is still a bit of like lack of cutting edge of our team uh, with the... the um, the Mudrick chance at the end. I mean, Nick Jackson had a great game, but he did, he did miss, three, I think, two or three big chances in the game. Still, goals are going to be a problem, but, I mean, the midfield, we dominated their midfield uh, for probably about the middle hour of the game. So, yeah, we played well. And when it when you look at the first 20 minutes, the last 70 went really well. So, yeah, good vibes, really. Yeah, I I gotta say, yeah, the beginning, like hearing it in the pub, the team and how he changed it. Apparently, apparently he did change it last minute um, as a reaction, which was really disappointing to hear. And then it just played out horribly, like something out of a nightmare. And we, if we were three nil down in the first twenty minutes, it would not have been a surprise to anyone in the stadium. We were all over the place. It was actually wild how bad it was. I just never thought that it would be that bad. It was painful to watch. Luckily, they, they made some, it felt like they made some adjustments. I mean, he says it was 4 2 3 1. I just, it just looked more like a 3 3 4 3 to me. Um, we talked about in, in phases. So when they attack in phases, so players drop. Yeah. Like, you know, like sometimes they build with a 4, build with a 3. You'd have, um, the, the, I think, uh, somebody going to midfield. So yeah, it's, it, it, it rotates. But yeah, he was, yeah. But clearly that I mean, gone. Yeah, and no, I was just say like I mean, I think the more I think about the game now it's finished, the more I'm A disappointed on how we approached the game. Because I really think they were there for the taking actually in the end, Liverpool. One of the things I would say is I thought our energy levels were superb and we completely outran them. But like most of the game they couldn't keep up. They dropped off second half, they just didn't know what to do. And you could see them getting stretched and they didn't know where they were coming or going, Liverpool. Um, but, yeah, I think for the amount of ball that we had in the game, we really didn't create too many chances. And I think that was probably the most disappointing thing. I think coming in at the end of the first half, we were like, yeah, this is going to be like, we've got these guys, we're putting in some good crosses, like in some dangerous areas, we just need a little bit more. And it, it never really came. And, you know... To have 65% possession and end up on the same sort of expected goals, I think, tells you its own story. So, yeah, it's, it's, I think, a pretty disappointing day, actually, in the end for us. I definitely wouldn't view it as a disappointing day. I think we, we, I'd, it's, it's obviously hard. Chelsea fans have very short memories with, uh, with Premier League matches, but I don't know if you remember 
think we alluded to this before the game. The last time Chelsea, we turned up at Stamford Bridge and won a game, scoring a goal in open play was uh, was January. Um, it's been a long time since Chelsea played very well in a game of football. A lot of changes. I think it's so harsh to be critical of the performance on, on Sunday when we've got all these new players. Poch is the first time new manager. We played, changed the system like a few hours before the game, um, which I, I don't agree with either. That was a negative. I think that's a, a positive. I think that's great to react to to late news and, and to make a change based on you know trying to get some sort of dominance in the game. Didn't end up working out, but I still think that's a, a, a positive as well. Um, and I think you just a million positives to take from the game. Um, you know, we're playing a really, really good team, a team that finished way above us in the Premier League last year, a team that's, you know, got very, very dangerous and good attacking players and played a lot of them on Sunday. You know, Gakpo, uh, Diaz, Salah, um, and was it Jot- Jota that played? Yeah, Jota started, yeah. Um, up top for them. So, I mean, super, super dangerous team they played. And, and to be honest, we we limited that to one shot on target. Uh, in the whole game. And I think that's really, really impressive. I think it's a great building block for us from where we were. And, you know, we've got some good fixtures coming up and it's a real chance for us to improve on this performance. Um, starting with West Ham away on Sunday. I think, I think you'll, I think as the season goes on, I think you'll see that it was a chance missed. You know, they, they didn't do any pressing Liverpool really. I mean, not to use the pun, there was a chance missed because we missed chances. I mean, there's still a bit of the curse around the club. I mean, Nick Jackson is a great player and we can see that even after one performance, but he did miss, he did miss chances. Uh, I mean, we had 1.3 XG in the game and scored one goal. I don't, I don't think we're, we're looking back on this game thinking, you know, what a terrible, wasted opportunities nah. and things like that. I do think, obviously, the structure of the team, um, you know, the, the players gelling together, we'll talk about this in a bit probably, but opportunities to play Jackson in, um, in behind, a lot of fantastic movement from him. You know, a lot of players getting used to playing with new players, right? That's that's what you'd expect from from the squad when we've had as much turnover as we have. I think when you look at, uh, I thought Jackson was basically like leading the whole attack on his own. Like everything good that came in the attack, really in terms of like chances, um, he was very much like the centre of it. I didn't, I mean, Chilwell was kind of like the second man, but I mean, he's, he's, let's be honest, I mean, he's not, he's a defender first and an attacker second still. So having that high up is, is dangerous. I appreciate it was more of a defensive concern on Trent, but. I mean, if we look at the expected assists as well from a lot of the guys, they're not high. Um, we had 65% possession. I think there's something isn't quite wasn't quite right in terms of how we were attacking. And I think I was surprised with how much we struggled in that area based on what we saw in preseason. It looked a lot more fluid. I, I appreciate Nkunku wasn't there, but I mean, I've said whole preseason. Gone, gone. No, no, no. I was just going to say it just looked a little bit stale. And uh, I think we were kind of all just like, it, all our hopes were kind of on Jackson, really, at the end of it. We didn't really, I mean, he had he had four shots, Jackson. The no, next really person not. who had the most shots was Tizazi, of two. When you look at the makeup of the team, I don't think that's surprising. I think we're already incredibly reliant on Jackson. That's why we need acquisitions. Um, I think Ataki's an issue with Nkunku out, with Brozier not fit. Uh, we're going to talk about Michael Elise later, but yeah, with Mudrick not on the pitch, and we're really going to need Sterling and Mudrick and Madueke and Elise when they come in to chip in because 
Um, yeah, goals are going to be a bit of an issue. We only got forty. We only got thirty-eight goals last season, and one goal a game. We're going to need to double that basically. Um, so I have to get goals from somewhere, and it wasn't. It's not a great surprise to me that we look relatively solid in defence um, after that first initial twenty minutes, but um, and, and in build-up. But up front, the the chance the the chance conversion is still not quite there for me. Well, we did score a goal though, and that was uh, a lovely goal from. There were a few debutants actually. There were four who were getting their debut. So Nicholas Jackson, Levi Colwell, Axel Dzazi, and Robert Sanchez were all uh, starting um, and had their debuts, full debuts. And there's Axel Dzazi with the goal, a sweeping finish with the right foot, with an assist from Ben Chilwell, with a, a nice header back in. Uh, what, what do you think of Dzazi? Was it a disaster or? Um, was it a good debut? I thought he did all right, Desazi. I, I did think he looked nervous, um, as you might expect playing uh, your first game in the Premier League against top top opposition. Um, but he settled into the game. Obviously, nice to get the goal um, for him. You know, they they ended up not really testing him so much defensively, just because. A lot of their play went down um, Salah's side and sort of looking for Diaz to make the movements in behind. Obviously, the goal, probably him more so than Reese, but both of them got caught out really for the goal. Um, in that in the formation that they're playing, I'd assume that it was more on Dizazi that he was supposed to track that run um, in behind. I don't know if he didn't get a shout or whatever, but um, obviously just it was a really good goal from Liverpool. Um, in terms of the goal, obviously, he sort of mishit it uh, a little bit which ended up benefiting him because it sort of threw off Allison a little bit with the, the pace that came through and the angle that it came off his, his leg at. So, But yeah, um, overall, can't be too disappointed with him uh, on debut. What did you guys think? I mean, no complaints. I mean, he scored a goal. Uh, it was the bit of defender's goal. He shinned it in, but you can shin it in. You can anchor it in. I don't care. It's a goal. Uh, we know we've got 37 more to get till we get to next last year's total. I think... He was brought into the side for his physicality. I think he, I agree, he did look like quite nervous and quite pensive, but he's got a lot of good attributes. And his first game for the club, he's thrown in there against Liverpool. It's difficult. And he, he, was a re- he really, apparently, he's got a lot of leadership qualities. You can really see he shows a lot of passion when he scored. He really felt it in his bones. And it was like, yeah, inside the stadium, it was a wonderful moment. So, yeah, I'm happy with him. And it looks like he's going to get more game time than maybe we thought. I mean, with Silver, there's a lot of talk on this straight out of Common podcast that. You know how are we going to manage Silver this year? Um, because with Silver, can we play him against big physical teams in a, in a back four? So Axel Dzazis, I think, is going to get. I mean, even in the West Ham game coming up, we're playing against Antonio, very physical, can head the ball quite tall. Um, we need a bit of that because, like Chris says, you know, we are quite a quite a short team. Haven't got tons of height, so he brings that edge, physicality and that edge. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with him. Yeah, I thought he did okay. I think he definitely started terribly, and then. Got got better as he kind of got more comfortable in the game. I think that was the case for a lot of the players. Yeah, I think, so I, I think very much... like even like a Conor Gallagher, like we go to him. I mean, he really started the game very poorly, and I was like calling for him to come off, but he really grew into the game. Same with Carney, and yeah, they kind of they really did grow into the game, and they tailed off a little bit at the end. But yeah, I think the whole team were just nervous. I think, and that maybe that just shows their ex- lack of experience. You know, got four four Premier. For a Premier League debutants and like a very low average age across the across the team, so it might be getting more nerves and pensive performances and big games as we go through the season, especially in the first fifteen minutes or so. 
Well, let's let's move on to temperature checks since we're talking about the game. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperatures dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. Craig, do you want to go first? Who's in your freezing cold this week? Freezing cold for me is Carney Chukwameka. I think um, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Absolutely outrageous shot. I I just think he's uh, he's just not he's not good enough to play in our starting eleven. I think if we're gonna play four two three one, I don't think we actually have another ten at the moment to play there. So so he's he's starting there in that in that position. He uh he didn't have a great game on on Sunday and I know uh I think is it Chris you, you disagree with me on that on on Sunday but I, I I thought he had a very poor game uh overall. One of the worst players on the pitch for us and uh wow zero for three successful dribbles in the game Two for nine in ground duels. One, I thought he was really, really weak defensively and battling in those in the middle of the park, especially in the first 20, 30 minutes of the game. Thought that was a big issue for us. Was not competitive enough in that area. Um, and yeah, just that's one of the reasons he rated really lowly on some of the uh, on some of the ratings apps is that he he just wasn't competitive enough in the game. And I think if you're not on on top of that, if you're not going to be good defensively, work rate and he, and I think you know most people would say that's one of his weaker areas. He's got a lot to work on in that role. And you're not offering goals and assists. I haven't seen him in any instance providing any sort of goal threat. Really, obviously, he has never scored for us. Um, doesn't look like a particularly creative player, and it, it feels really bad to like you know dump on him this badly, given that he's such a young player. But he he shouldn't. What I would say is he doesn't deserve this uh, like uh, criticism because he shouldn't be playing for us. He, he he's the sort of player that should be on loan. He, he he's he's not a Chelsea player at this point in his career, and he's certainly not a Chelsea number ten in a four two three one. If that's what we're going to play, so yeah, it feels harsh. But I'm going to put Carney in my freezer only because if if anything, there wasn't really anyone that that played worse than him on Sunday in a in a group of players that in general played pretty well. I agree with the macro points you made about Carney. I don't think he is sufficient for the 10. I actually think Gallagher would be better in the 10 for us, personally. Um, I don't think he's a 10 either, but I agree with you. I think he'd be better. Yeah. I mean, but we haven't got anyone in the 10. And we've said all summer we need a 10 and we don't have one. Well, we have one in Kunku, but he got injured. They didn't have a backup hand for Kunku, but we can talk about that another time. Um, I do feel he'd been a bit harsh in there. I think he grew into the game uh, a lot like Gallagher. And I think he had had a much, much better... um, End of the first half and uh, second half. But yeah, I mean, he, on foot mob, he was 6.3, which is low. But um, on the eye, he was pretty good. But I think it's harsh to put him in the freezer. But yeah, I guess you could put someone in. So Exactly. I, I thought in general, the team played pretty well on uh, on Sundays. It is hard to find a freezer. That's true. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, Chris, you want to go next? Or am I, I don't mind going last. Yeah, in the freezer for me, Pochettino, straight in there, buddy. Um, first 20 minutes of the game. <laughs> Come on, you, guys are, you can't give me stick for Chukwamenka and your stick. What is going on? Well, I know this it's not Sorry, 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 sorry. Three, well, if we were 3-0 down the game and that we were looking so bad, if this was Graham Potter, right, first 20 minutes, 
you would be tearing your hair out. Absolutely. And that's why all the adjustments he made in game were absolutely fantastic. And we ended up dominating the game. Whereas Graham Potter would be sat on his bum in the dugout doing nothing. Right. Well, sorry, but we could have been 3 0 down at that point when it wouldn't well, have been. Well, they had 1.2 XG in the game. So I don't know where you're getting this 3 0 down nonsense from. Well, I think Salah was ahead. Was he? Because he grew his hair a little bit too long. He was offside. How, um, how long was Chilwell's hair? He was he was further off than him. He had his whole head off. Anyway, the point is, we were really. I thought we would started so bad. We were all over the place. Um, people were just running through. There was a point where all of our defenders were just on one side of the pitch. Um, I think the ball came across to Salah, and, and luckily, I think he hit the bar. I mean, it was just a comedy of errors at the back, giving the ball away. You said it yourself. I thought we'd come out of the blocks firing. We came out of the blocks like like a load of sheep. Like rabbit in the headlights. I was so surprised how poor we were. Um, and thank goodness that Salah's goal was ruled out because it literally could have just been a horrible day for us. And thankfully for the players as well, because I think it would have been tough to you know, deal with that for this week. And then obviously we've gone on to spend loads of money. So, um, yeah. It was, uh, we got out of the game. Um, we were also, the last 10 minutes, we were very frantic. I thought the subs came too late. They were very poor. They disrupted the whole game. Again, very Potter-like in that sense. So it was, uh, it was not what I was expecting from Pochettino, definitely. And there was some concern. I, I thought he would be more on the front foot. I think his... Reaction. He's a, he was reacting a lot in the game. He waited for Liverpool to do their subs first. He reacted. He reacted to their formation before the game kicked off. It wasn't pretty for 20 minutes. It was really bad. Last 10 as well. It was way too frantic. Um, people were nervous. We could have easily lost the game. They had some really good chances towards the end as well. So, yeah, I think maybe wasn't what I was expecting and very concerning. I mean, let you speak there, but like, I don't know. That's the that's the most shocking freezer we've had on ESCR, I think. Yeah. Pochettino in the freezer. I mean, the Vibes Viral Stadium McGoody he was getting a good clap off and because he used to be the Spurs boss, he's got a great he got a great reception. And also uh, what I would say is I was just going on the performance. I, I was saying, yeah, well, I think most people would agree that the performance was incredibly dominant for like 70 minutes of the game. And if anything, that's a positive. Like looking back on being able to influence games in game is like what I've been begging for Chelsea managers to be, to be doing for the last three or four years. Do you, do you subs made us better or worse? The, the subs at the end probably made us worse, but I think he, you, you can't be critical. You, you were critical of two things there. One, he waited too they, long they were for the, the only, Sorry, they were the only subs. Yeah, exactly. So one, the subs at the end, they were the subs. Yeah, so one, he your two criticisms are one, he waited too long for the subs, and two, the subs made us worse. Well, he probably realised the subs were going to make us worse, and that's why he waited as long as he could, but he had to get the players off because it's the first game of the season, and after 75 minutes, they were absolutely exhausted. I know Reese James, he said, was absolutely exhausted after 75 minutes, so he probably realised the subs were going to make us worse, and that's why he waited so long in the game. I thought he nailed the in-game management, absolutely nailed it. What he didn't get right was the build-up play, in possession from deep possession in the first 15 20 minutes he got that wrong but he changed it so like all this stuff is all positive i, I don't see how you could find any negatives for him just going off the game right, from that shocking revelation <laughs> bit, bit more of a light-hearted thing in the freezer for me yes mohammed Salah's hand wraps they got cast aside to the cold pitch of stanford bridge <laughs> 
thrown away. They're in the freezer. He won't be having hand wraps again. He was absolutely fuming. I mean, he was fuming. There was heat, but it was cold. Have you got it a real freezer or not? Or is this just a joke freezer? Well, I've got a freezer. Very quick. Can you let me have a freezer? He's going to put Sanchez in the freezer. He gets to Pochettino and and said it, you know, uninterrupted. Can I say my freezer, please? Thank you. So that's my freezer. I found it quite difficult to put a Chelsea player in the freezer. The only one I could put in, I thought I had an awful cameo. I thought it was Ian Matson. I thought he was shocking when he came on. Headless chicken, come on, all over the place. Should have scored at the end when Mudrick put him in or put a better connection on it. Fluffed it, could have won the game, didn't. And that's because he's a left back and he's playing up for playing advanced positions where he shouldn't. You talk about Carney not being in the wrong position, Callagher in the wrong position. Ian Matson's a backup left back. Shouldn't he be bought on the last 10 minutes against uh, Liverpool? And I can't wait for Elise to come in and, Mad- and Noni Madueke to be fit. We'll have proper attackers, not make weight. Uh, Chelsea Cobham Academy, who had a good season last year in the Championship. He was very poor. He's, I think he's been overhyped, personally. No, it should be nowhere near the 10 position. And uh, yeah, and he sh- it showed, really. He came on and he was awful. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's what he was playing. Th- this I was our recruitment. Like was he playing like left mid? No, he, was, he came on and played 10, yeah. Yeah, played 10. He replaced Carney. He was so, so deep, though. He was like hanging out with. Um, oh, yeah, he's, like, he's, he's, he's got he no idea here. Chris, he's got no idea running. how to play 10, has he? Chris, he like, was just like, it's like on FIFA when he's run after the ball, no position, and was going everywhere. And yeah. I don't think Gusto was great when he came on either. Reese James came off actually really hurt us. Gusto wasn't great when he came on either. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that link up with Reese and Raheem down the right hand side was probably the best yeah, thing yeah. We, we had all game going Matt's through. Matt and Gusto coming on really hurt us for the last 15 because we lost momentum. I thought, I thought Madrid was good when he came on. I know he overran the ball, but he was. He was lively. He is what he is. But at Matt, least, like at least with Mudrick, what you always get is that threat of pace in behind. Yeah. Like even if he doesn't, obviously just sloppy touch again and didn't go down. You, and you then... always get these players like it's a little bit like Trevor Chalobah when uh, under Tuchel. You know, he played that first game against Crystal Palace. He scored that amazing goal. But it's like you know, you take your chance if you don't. And William Matson, he's a pre-season hype player. He's not like he's not going to be sustainably in our attack ever. So. Um, yeah, just we need at least and we need players in there. I think we still need to invest in a ten personally, but um, absolutely agree with you after after Sunday. I, I, yeah, I was kind of on the fence about Chukwemeka before Sunday about maybe being like an important player for us this season or being able to play ten until Christmas until Nkunku came back or something like that. But yeah, I'm completely out on that on what I saw yeah. on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I, I think mean, I'd like to see I'd like to see Chukwemeka play like we're playing like some sort of box midfield. So I'd like to see him play like a Four two three one, like we were playing preseason. I think we took Menka. In it, we, you know, with options either side, where we were playing normally, I, I, I really don't know yeah, what the heck. Yeah, bit of a Kovacic, um, very tidy on the ball, can pass it really well. Very silky player. Don't think he's got ten goals in him. To be honest, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't compare him to to Kova just yeah either. I don't think he's anywhere near. That, that level. I think but, style yeah. wise, he's not too dissimilar because he's quite silky and he can glide through. He's a very good, uh, good progressive runner. He's, he actually reminds me a tiny bit in the middle of Hudson Odoi, where he does a lot of his good work in the middle of the pitch. And then when he gets to the end of the pitch, it's just there's nothing there really at the moment. And we need killers at that bit, not, not when they're tentative. So, but yeah, I mean, I thought the majority of the players played well. I was maybe going to put Sanchez in, but he actually caught a corner. So when you catch yeah, that was nice to see. Actually, he was great from those crosses. Actually, yeah, I mean, uh, he actually made that chance where at the end broke away. I mean, he was a bit he was a bit dodgy at times, Sanchez. And I still think we need a goalkeeper, but to come I was really out, appreciating the length of his arms. 
Yeah, to come out and catch a corner in the 91st minute, I mean, I've got a few grey hairs. I mean, he's going to prevent some grey hairs this season. So, um, yeah, so good, good stuff. One, one of the things about that catch that he did from the corner was it then led to Jackson, who yeah. started to sprint the whole Very pitch. good in transition, right. Chelsea. Very good in transition. Um, just a shame. Well, yeah, yeah. Imagine, if, imagine think... if you had maybe a Madueke or a, a Lise, an actual attacker on the end of that. I mean, people say that Mudrick overran it, and he did, but he did also put a pretty good assist, and the guy just completely fluffed it. So, yeah. I, uh, close to an open goal. So... If we actually get you know, a proper player up there, maybe it would have been two one, and we would have won a game. Yeah, I also thought Allison did really well for that chance. He yeah, he did. Didn't, he, did. he deliberately yeah. didn't touch him as I think well. There's been so. too much focus on Mudrick for that goal, and not enough on Matson. I mean, yeah, completely fluffed his lines. So, um, well, it's a, it was a very bad first touch from Mudrick, and we've it's seen a bad that first touch. But I mean, he I also don't out. think did Jackson even pass him the ball because it looked like the defender gave it to. Mudrick. No, he did. Pa- he did pass him the ball. Yeah, no, he no, did really well to pass him the ball then. I mean, yeah, Jackson, absolutely yeah. fantastic from Jackson. Anyway, we're warming up. Let's, let's crack on, boys. Yeah, let's do warming up, boys. It's Craig, you're first. Um, warming up in the game. I could have gone a couple of directions here with warming up, but I'll go with Reese James. I thought we obviously he played at wing back, really, although Posh would call me uh, a liar, but I thought he was playing wing back. Um, <laughs> Uh, and he, he got up in the high areas of the pitch. And one of my biggest complaints from this system from preseason and also watching us under Potter last year or whatever was we couldn't get Reese high enough. And when he really is influencing the game is when he's in that final third in that right-hand side. That's where he's played his whole life, youth football going up. He's so fantastic from that spot. What a cross he put in low for Jackson, should have scored. His link-up, he played a pass-through to Sterling as well. Sterling turned uh, his man in in the box. I think it was Gakpo and got to the byline one-on-one. He was fantastic. He, there were so many situations where Reese was just, he was running the show on that right-hand side. So strong on the ball as well. Fantastic defensively. Those ping balls from Enzo where he just chest them down straight onto his foot. I just love it. And and it was sort of a, a throwback to when Reese was really thriving under Tuchel I, I can really see him being an influential player for us this year um, and yeah just was great to see absolutely yeah. he was he yeah. was definitely an option for warming up for me I'm mean, a really good start about Reese. Uh, the uh, XA expected assist was 0.4 really could have easily got assist um, and yeah I mean we'll talk about the uh, ESCR FPL league but he might be a shot for that later in the season if he definitely if he plays at um, both Chelsea, um, I mean, obviously Chile got an assist and then he got a goal, but uh, could be assist assist machines. Um, so hopefully between them they can rack up at least you know five eight five eight assists each in the league. So we will have to wait and see. Very impressive, lovely. Back to his back to his almost best. I would have liked to see. I still think we can do more in those spaces. I thought we just didn't have enough people in the box. You know, Chukwemenka didn't really see where he was. Chilwell was there, um, but Jackson was like the main target. Very difficult task when you've got, um, you know, Van Dyke and um, uh, who was the other chap who was on next to Van Dyke? Canate. Yeah, and Canate. Like, he is so difficult for Jackson. I thought he did really well um, against those two, but, you know, we could have done with a little bit more and someone else being there. But Just on Reese, yeah. is there a better sight in football where someone spreads it across like Enzo and he brings it down with his chest and then just whips it oh, in? It's like he is the only person in the world who feels like he, he feels the best chest of the ball in world football. I mean, if there was a chest off 
he would be elite. So uh, we need someone to do like a, a comp of Rich James yeah. chess controls. Yeah, he just unbelievable. He just chests it down and then like, just whips it round the corner, bends it round. And yeah, you can see you can see a lot of goals coming that way, especially from the left wing. Um, Sterling coming in or uh, Mudrick coming in on the back post and sticking one in. So yeah, hopefully Reese can. Main thing is obviously stay fit, but um, yeah, good. Good, good to see Reese uh, improve performance, and hopefully the captaincy will, yeah, help his uh, improve his game as well. No, you could. Fit, if, that's why I didn't feel like it felt like a four at the back because usually your left back would be arriving occasionally on the on the you know the other end. Yeah. And because Chilwell was playing left mid or on the left of a three, whatever. Colwell's nowhere near the box, so. I mean, Chilwell's we were, like left back free roll. Really. He was everywhere. He was crazy. That's what he wants, yeah. really. So yeah. Yeah. Right, Chris, you're you're warming up, go on. Uh, warming up for me, uh, I actually thought Gallagher had like an absolutely insane game. Um, definitely as the game went on, he stopped Liverpool from being through on goal like twice, which was fairly scary to watch. Um, but yeah, he was, I think if he wasn't there and someone else, maybe they don't get there. And you know, Liverpool one on one with Sanchez from about 50 yards, but he, I thought he was everywhere, second half especially really sticking his, you know, foot in blocks as well. Yeah, I thought he was excellent. And um, I think, you know, two tackles, three interceptions and, and a block for, for Connor. People were writing him off thinking he should be sold. I think he's put a really good case with preseason and, and this game to say, actually, he could be a really valuable member of the squad. And I feel really bad leaving people out and selling them if they're like, you know, hard workers like him and they actually show good quality as well so yeah i think it's a it's a bit of a decision really for me yeah i mean he just he's mr chelsea and he he's a bit he just absolutely loves the club runs his socks off i think sometimes he works too hard he tries too hard that's where he gets booked and uh and what and what i mean by that is just he just overexerts himself maybe gets a bit dizzy in there loses his composure a bit but um i mean he really really grew into the game uh and yeah, it's impressive, and they're they're in a bit of a pickle. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about Lewis Hall later as well, but they're in a bit of a pickle because obviously, with these sales, they get the full they get the full money, the full profit when they sell the Cobham assets, and that's very attractive. When we've just spent one hundred and sixty five million pounds on midfielders this week, but um, yeah, he played really well. I, I I would play him in a ten. For me, that's where he paid for Paddis, I think, um, or an advanced date. Never really played him in his position. How do you think he matches up against some of the, the apes in the league, the top ones? I think I think he's got a very good shot on him. I mean, we saw that um, he's always had a good shot, and we saw that at Palace away. I think he's got some goals in him, and he's got he works hard. I think he's on the ball. I mean, uh, CFC Central talked about this as an eight. It gives you a lot off the ball, you know. And for a Pochettino, I mean, to be honest, he's not perfect for Pochettino, really. Press monster, mm-hmm. works hard, um, really good off the ball pretty tidy on the ball, can get rid of it fairly quickly. Not amazing on the ball, let's be honest. But not particularly I mean, great. Yeah, he almost he, he almost gave away... Uh, yeah, not particularly great he on the did, ball. Didn't he did, didn't he? I mean, you can tell why there's this, like, Poch is reluctant to let him go, because he is just the perfect player for Poch, especially to come on in a game where your your energy's lagging. Yeah. Full energy bar, off you go, press away. Um, could be really useful in those games. So, especially, obviously, now, because the game's a bit longer now, without an extra added time, so... It's a difficult one. I, I, I think we should maybe just loan Carney and just keep Connor in there as a, as a backup 10 or a 10 until Nkunku comes back. So 
I think he definitely deserves to stick around, and he clearly does, he has no interest in leaving. So um, yeah, one last thing we'll talk about West Ham later. I mean, we we will say they'd be going to West Ham. West Ham have just bought two midfielders, so don't think they're well, they really might be using Picata, right? Yeah, they might be, but they've just bought uh, James Paul Prowse and uh, Evan Alvarez, who we were linked to last summer. So not sure, not sure. I'm not sure they're going to come up with the 45 million either. So um, yeah, have to wait and see. Craig, what do you think, Chris, about Chukwameka and Gallagher? Do you think they should stay or do you think they should go? What, what do you think? Mm, remember, Gallagher's playing in like a six-type role in this game. So um, it's whether you think Lavia and Pesedo and Enzo and Santos are probably just better than him at that. Um, you, Santos is, for me, I don't know, I don't think he has the same energy levels. Maybe he does. I think there's a good trade-off there. As a 10, or like playing with Chukum, I, I think Chukumink is a better football player in I don't those think positions. You can really group Santos and Gallagher. Santos and Gallagher are in different areas of the pitch. Completely different players for me. Well, Gallagher doesn't have the, the quick feet, I think, to play in like, you know, in a team where, say that we're playing against um, maybe West Ham or, or probably definitely Luton, um, unless they play expansively. You know, tight spaces, trying to create stuff like you saw in preseason. Some really great, like one twos, one touch shots. And uh, is Gallagher in that area? I don't know. Maybe, but we kind of need to see him play in that position a bit more. Maybe I'd be reluctant to let uh, both go. Trip Wimanker's nineteen. I don't know what that would do for him to to sort of move him on. It depends who you're bringing in, I guess. But I like Chuk Wimenko. I think he's really talented and he's tall and he's quick. So I think he was... I don't think the formation suited him that well. He looked a little bit lost. He didn't know, again, he didn't know whether he was coming or going in the game. Do I move forward? Do I stay back? Do I kind of hold the midfield? Because we want to make sure McAllister and... Um, I'm not going to butcher his name, Shabozle. Uh, You know, what are they going to do? So I thought the team was set up to be <clears throat> very defensive minded but you know very wary of Liverpool rather than here's what we can offer here's where we're dangerous and that's I guess that comes back to my original point it's my moving up you've nicked my top two so I'm going to give yes. it to the man this guy, this, guy, this guy gets a lot of shade on mine but it's Ben Chilwell really yes. good really good got an assist he was in my fantasy team so when he uh, when he scored, I think he's in most people's fantasy teams, to be fair. But when he scored, I thought, oh, brilliant. It's going to get goal and assist. Fantastic. But yeah, 0.2xA in the game. He actually got an assist. 0.2xG in the game. Ice cold finish. Um, he, he did the Timo Werner run just offside, but we'll forgive him for that. Um, yeah, he was great. Timo I mean, Werner finish as well, right? Yeah, well, I don't know about where, where, that. Where he, where, when he's offside, he always scores. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, I mean, even in the hard work... Um, Five out of seven ground jewels won, pretty good. Uh, and, you know, uh, successful dribbles, 100%, even though it was one. Plenty of touches, plenty of five five passes in the final third. He's a good player and he's, he catches. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, like he's going to be displaced and he's, he shouldn't be vice captain. I think Ben Chilwell's a really, really good left back. Like, I think we're lucky to have him. And uh, I think he could get easily get five. If he stays fit, I mean, big if. If he stays fit, I think he could easily get 10, 12 slash GA this season. Just, he's, 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 his heat map is insane. Um, and under the Poch system, 
Danny Rose and Kyle Walker were similar, but Ben Chilwell's got a much different differentiator to that. He can finish much better than both of those players. So, um, yeah, I think he's he's really cool in front of goal. I remember that goal we scored uh, in the Champions League run. Remember against it was, uh, I can't remember, it was he ran around the goalkeeper? Just like... Porto. Yeah, Porto. Just pretty chill in front of goal. And we saw that on Sunday. Not Doesn't get flustered. He mi- Okay, he miscontrolled that chance second half, but still gets a shot on target. Often hits the target when he shoots. Um, mm, he does. So, so Ben Shilwell warming up and uh, don't know why all these uh, Twitter silly biddies are all after him. I guess someone's got to be scapegoated and, you know. Um, but yeah, I think Ben Shilwell and Reese James, if we keep them fit, that would be key to our top four hopes. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Chilwell, I thought, is absolutely all over the game, everywhere. We're lucky to have him playing for us. Like, Energy levels are absolutely insane. I think I said it one of the beginning of the pods we ever had. How quick he is to get forward and get back. Super trustworthy. What a player. And I, I it's such a shame he he, yeah, he miscontrolled a few. Got a fantastic assist. Also, just just a, bit of a, a bit of a macro point. When does Arsene scored? I mean, I like to spot these little... I like quite reading body language and things like that. When does Arsene scored, he gave him a bit of a chest bump. And when he's facing like that, come on, like you're part of us Well, now. he said... I think he told... They'd worked on set pieces before the game. Right. Um, on the Friday or the Saturday and I think they'd worked a few routines with Dezazi being the key man the, the one that they were focusing on so he yeah, told yeah. him that he was going to score in the game so that's like, why he ran up to him first and he said oh we're in the huddle like when players celebrate and they're in there and they want it and we all talk about passion and things like that and you know yeah, things yeah. we make that like about Lisa he's in there he's, he's in the he's in the core group you know he's in the he's a, he's a key player for us and he's a core player and he's a senior player so he should be all if he's fit he should play left back simple as that so, um, really good. Got an assist already. Nearly very. He's half a yard away from getting a goal. And yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, I, it, I I think he he had a really good game. And obviously, like I said before the game, I thought him, Gallagher, and Sterling were the three fittest players in the in the team. I thought they had fantastic energy in preseason. They looked absolutely on top of things fitness wise. Um, and I thought that's why I thought our pressing was going to be really good today because those three especially were going to be really good. And yeah, that, that came true in the game. I thought they all looked high energy. And, and uh, yeah, uh, Ben's an important player for us this year. And I would quite like to see Martin given a chance if we're going to play wing backs um, in some games just to come on and, and see what he can do because I do think he's really good attacking wise. Um, but yeah, Chilwell is the undoubted starter in that position for now for sure. Yeah, lovely. Right, but I think we've all, all got the same one, probably, haven't we? I mean, it's easy, easy, isn't it? Chelsea's silky number eight. It's uh... <laughs> Enzo. It's Enzo, yeah. Enzo Fernandez. Five blocks from Enzo as well. Like, he is everywhere, this guy, and he is dominating the game on his own. <laughs> one man band. In the middle of the pitch, just like oh, that's harsh. One, him and Gallagher were fantastic second half as a duo. I mean, I his 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 footwork in the middle of the pitch when the pressure's on, it's it looks so easy, and it's it's like when you watch Silver as well, he just makes things look so easy. It's so difficult to have the confidence and the ability to pull some of this stuff off. I mean, the thought process, and then he plays the ball exactly where you think he should, like like you're playing like a game. Uh, unbelievable football player. What a, worth every penny, I think, is the uh, the underlying tone of the match for me for him. 
I mean, I've listened to endless podcasts that, you know, Chelsea need to get six. We've got now in Carcedo to quote unquote unlock Enzo. And you, you saw the shackles off against Liverpool. He played more freedom. He was in more advanced areas. He nearly got an assist for um, Raheem Sterling first half. Liam Tooney of the Athletics said he's, he's, the drag back compilation of this game would be about three minutes long. I mean, he had, you know, 10 out of 11 passes completed, over 100, well over 100 touches, 83 completed passes, one big chance created, two key passes. He, he was everywhere. And um, I mean, there's a certain Ecuadorian that's come in this week for a lot of money. They are very likely, barring injury, to be our midfield unit for the next four or five years. Um, and it's exciting. So, so we've needed that for a long, long, long time. So it's exciting. It's nothing other than exciting. And uh, I think this guy's going to be probably, if we were to count the boiling hots over the season, I think he probably would be the winner um, in, if he's injury free. So we have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I think I I, I talked about this already. Uh, him and Gallagher second half were were fantastic. He's just. He's a ball, Lorenzo, isn't he? And I'm just excited to see him now. If we're going to play a 4-3-3 potentially into Lincoln Koos back with uh, Enzo leading the the being the leading forward man of the three and Lavia and, and Caicedo behind him uh, a little bit, I'm excited to see that him getting forward more because he's he's a very creative player and, and his pass for Chilwell, I know Chilwell like badly miscontrolled it and really made the chance not look as good as it as it was, he played a fantastic first time pass to Chilwell yeah, yeah. on his on his left foot, one touch bang into the bottom corner. If that was Marcus Alonso, that was a goal, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just, it 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 was a just shame he was he was robbed of that can't assist. Just, just can't get away from the Chilwell slander. This kid, this guy Chilwell can't get away. Alonso <laughs> <laughs> getting props in twenty twenty. Couldn't just leave it a warming up, warming up, could you? You couldn't do it. He had a good game to well, but that that's that was oh, obviously yeah, a good game. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he just robbed Enzo. He robbed Enzo of a of a world class assist there because when that when Sterling played him that pass across to have the, the he also assisted the actual goal we scored. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He also did. Yeah. Who? Well, Chilwell, he did finish the one that he, you know, the one yeah, that was like, like, Yeah, yeah, he, he headed it. He, it. Yeah. he headed it back in. Yeah, for the for oh, the. No, 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 no. The the goal that you know where he went round the goalie. That, that was wasn't it. Enzo. Sorry, that what the offside. Yeah, that he was. Was that Enzo who played that through? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Enzo that played that through. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah Enzo yeah. also nearly played that Sterling. That wasn't a goal. Yeah. Also but, yeah. Sterling, Sterling as well. That Enzo was fantastic, and um, yeah, yeah. That 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 first time pass, I just thought that was absolutely phenomenal to put it on his foot like that with his left foot first time. It's just the vision to find that as well. Unreal. Yeah. Um, another, th- I guess, next thing we should talk about is how to get the best out of Enzo. So it's probably by signing two fantastic midfielders to play alongside him um, that can help him, get, you know, push further up the pitch. And we have done that um, in quite extraordinary style, right under the noses of Liverpool. Um, the turn of events that have led to Moises Caicedo and Romeo Lavia joining Chelsea are uh, something you couldn't have written. Um, it, he looked desperate, both of them, to be honest with you. At one point, both looked desperate for Liverpool and then they both ended up at Chelsea. Uh, Caicedo is a 115 Premier League record player. Um, how excited are we for Moises? 25 as well. He's given Gianfranco Zola the, a call and he said, can I have your number, pal? And he said, yeah. 
I wonder if we did it, it when he was it wisely. On, I wonder if we did it on Safari in Africa, or we actually rang him when the quiet like Kulabadi with Terry. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with Carcedo, I mean, we actually had Craig had a bit of info on on the deal when it was back and forth with Liverpool, and I mean, Liverpool coming in, we woke up. I think it was Friday morning. We put on our Twitter. Our, if you can follow us on Twitter, we're nearly approaching two thousand followers. If you could follow us at Eat Sleep Chelsea and. Uh, gather all things Chelsea that'd be great but yeah I mean on Friday morning it was looking it was like that gif where you know this is fine where the the, the, the little person sitting in the house is on fire we couldn't believe it Liverpool nearly stole him from under our nose I mean we've been on this guy for seven months and they came out of nowhere after the, their sales in, with Sal, from Saudi selling Henderson and the Fabinho and it looked like he was going but he just you know he showed some loyalty and um, Liam Tooney and the Straight Out Common podcast said it's, it's good to see that it's a really good sign that Chelsea, uh, Carcedo really wants to play for Chelsea. I mean, we had a lot of players who just weren't really bothered to be at the club. And I know it sounds very rudimentary, but it's it's great that we've got a lot of players who want to be here. Um, and that's really refreshing. So, yeah, he's, change, ready, yeah, he's ready to go. And he chose us like, I mean, he, he, he chose us over Jurgen Klopp and a huge project. And I'm sure there was some money involved in that, but and maybe the pull of London uh, over Liverpool. But from a culture standpoint, in terms of, you know, uh, maybe, I don't know, there's some Ecuadorian restaurants in London or whatever. There's always a big pool in London, but it's fantastic that he's come and, uh, yeah, it's a player that we need. Yeah, I completely agree with everything that you said, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal signing and uh, it's been a long saga, but hopefully it'll be worth every penny we'll, we'll get to see on the pitch. I, I do think, obviously, the amount of money we end up paying for him is, is a lot, um, but... But we'll see that the proof will be in the pudding with him. He, he looks like a fantastic prospect and a, and also a perfect fit for for Enzo. If, if you are going to play them as a two, they, they sort of balance each other out really well. So, yeah. The lazy comparison is obviously you compare him to N'Golo Kante. I think he's similar to Kante, but I think he's, I'm not saying he's, he's had the progressive running and the pressing that Kante has. I'm not sure anyone has that. But he, he seems much better on the ball than Kante. N'Golo wasn't always that amazing on the ball, let's be honest. Yeah, um, I do think you're going to see. A, he's not going to be like Kante. He's, no, uh, he's I think a he's player, but the energy levels, I think, are the same. Yeah, but I think he's better on the ball. He's got a goal in him. He's got a few assists in him. Um, not that Ngolo didn't. And let's be honest, like even from a sort of macro uh, standpoint, it, I don't think the club really banked on losing Ngolo Kante this summer. I think Ngolo Kante would have been starting against Liverpool if he was fit. Um, so just to get someone a body in there. Uh, in t- in terms of playing the six and the second game of the season is really important because we are, we before this week we were really short there and now we're we're stuck there but it's uh, yeah really, it's fantastic signing and, and it's a ridiculous amount of money congratulations Brighton we've given you like a quarter of a billion pounds congratulations Tony Bloom but um, yeah it had to be done when Liverpool were up the ante and that was it yeah I gotta say it was really impressive to see us you know not give up. And really keep pushing Brighton. To be honest with you, it felt like Brighton really didn't want to give them to us. No. Um, even if you hear some, uh, that guy, the CEO, he did an interview. I mean, he's very complimentary of Liverpool. He then he had a nice word to say about Chelsea too. So, um, yeah, it was it, it was really good seeing. I think it's surprising that we, we, we were actually financed the re the restructure of Brighton Pier. <laughs> well, there you go. It won't burn down again, maybe. Um, so that was great. And, and, you know, props to the Chelsea um, the guys involved in the deal to, to make sure that he, he really did want to be part of the project, which 
it's, it's hard to find these days that kind of loyalty and it was enough so that even lavia wanted to join how do yeah. we how do we think about lavia i mean that is that is a, a midfield destined for the future isn't it I, yeah, think, I don't think there's much, there was really a more exciting midfield in world football than Enzo, Lavia and Caicedo. I mean, you, you really stuff dreams are made of for, for a young midfield. And uh, I heard Danny Murphy actually on Talk Sport today saying that, you know, Chelsea have spent almost a billion pounds. Who have they got that, that would get in Man City's team? I think you're really missing the point with the recruitment strategy from, from Chelsea when you say things like that. You know, these guys you know as far as i know rodri's not available for for a transfer fee from man city maybe he is and i don't know about it but he's from what we know he's not and and if you're going to try and recruit i think the aim is to try and recruit young players that can play for your club for for 8 to 10 years and i think enzo lavia and caicedo i think we've we've done it we've we've got players that i think in the door that can play for us for a long time grow together improve together balance each other other out really well and yeah i mean it's, it should be we should be praising the board and, and the, the work they've done this summer because we had a huge bloated squad full of mostly players that we wanted to get rid of and we've done it we've got rid of so many of those guys and we've got in really talented young players and we should just be uh, it almost the, the hype isn't enough and i know amongst chelsea fans we are really happy, but it almost should be, you know, getting dumped on by the media in, in this situation is just ridiculous. Like the, the work that the, the the board have done this season, this off season has been incredible. Yeah, I mean, with Lavia, I mean, Joe Shields needs a, deserve a huge mention. I think he's been after Lavia. We actually apparently bid 50 million for Lavia last summer. David Ornstein reported that we've actually been after him. And I think this transfer was a little bit the opposite of the Caicedo one where Liverpool were in the lead the whole time. I think it was pretty clear that, I mean, Jamie Carragher, um, we talked about that on the um, Behind Enemy Lines pod with Jack and Jamie last week, that you know they were messing about Liverpool. And it's they've dropped the ball on this one. I think Lavia was actually preferred to go to Liverpool. But we snuck in there. And I think that interest in the Joe Shields, if you don't know who Joe Shields is, he was um, heavy. He we used to work at Southampton and, and Man City. And he brought Lavia through at Man City. And he... Uh, he um, there's a joke that, you know, each of the sporting directors gets their own player. So Vivelle got uh, Nkunku and now Shields has got um, Lavia. But yeah, I mean, I think with Lavia, exceptional player, read an athletic article, you know, very press resistant, uh, exceptional passing range, carrying ability. I remember when Arsenal, the uh, lovely game last year where it was uh, Southampton 3, Arsenal 3, where there was another dropping of the ball in terms of the league for Arsenal. He was phenomenal. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal when I thought, wow, what a player. I do think it means that we would have to consider, like Craig said, playing 4-3-3 uh, because otherwise I don't see him getting massively in the team of 4-2-3-1 because I think Kaiseido will get a lot of game time. Um, I think he'll get game time, just a lot, a lot of starts. So it, it is really interesting how they're going to go about it, whether they're going to go to a 4-3-3. And uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I mean, if a really good sign-in. Again, we play premium dollar for him. But Southampton, again, have got a good price. But... A really exciting player at 19. And if you look at it from this standpoint, we've got rid of Jorginho, Kovacic and Kante, who have maybe a combined age of about 90, and replace them with players in the LFC. Uh, haha. With um, Lavia, Fernandez, and uh, Caicedo for a combined age of just over 60. I mean, it's like really great business. So, um, yeah, I have to say it's 
it's a fantastic pickup, not one that we expected, and yeah, we basically just completely rebuilt our, mid- re- rebuilt our midfield in the space of a week. So yeah, wonderful. Yeah, shame they weren't available for Liverpool, but we're really looking forward to seeing them against West Ham at some point. I guess they'll maybe maybe we'll get some starts. Um, we can talk about that a bit later on. Um, but I'm really looking forward to our press resistance if three of them are playing. I think three fantastic you know players on the ball. Um, going to be a lot of games where we hopefully we can dominate and move the ball quickly up the pitch as well. So looks good. Looks really I mean, good. Just talk about Lavia just a bit. I mean, I've got the, the the classic pizza chart from the Athletic. His carry and dribble volume is like 95 out of 100. It's absolutely insane. So I think in Kaiseido, you're not going to get that, the carry. But I think Lavia can basically just run himself out of trouble. And in the Premier League and big games, that is a massive, massive tool. So yeah, really looking forward to seeing him. And yeah, I mean, I think they're both wonderful pickups and long-term pickups. And that's really what the Danny Murphys of the world don't really understand, really. Another player who may be joining Chelsea soon after the Caicedo and Lavia deals are finished, will be Michael Alise from Crystal Palace. Got a £35 million release clause in his contract, which looks, in hindsight, looks like an absolutely shocking discovery, which I'm sure the Palace people weren't too happy about. Um, and Chelsea found out and they've activated it and it looks like it's gone through and it, it feels like we're going to agree and, and sign Alise. Happy with Elise? Obviously, he's injured as well at the moment. I mean, I am. I really like Michael Elise. He's a left-footed player. I'm a left-footed player. Um, <laughs> That's I like, yeah. Surely we can stop these comparisons with you and Elise. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, back in the day, they used to call me uh, James Elise. No, uh, whatever. Michael, Michael Brody or whatever. But no, I mean, I've always got a soft spot for a left-footed player. I, like, I actually quite like attacking the extra times. I thought he was a bit of a baller. No, I mean, all jokes aside, you got it's all, it's all. Do you know what? It's all coming together now. Yeah, I all love the football. Stuff about Z. That's why I love Madawake. Okay. You're not 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 getting uh, it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, mate. The inverted, the inverted, uh, the inverted uh, left wing, uh, right winger, mate. Left foot. It's, it's the future. Is that where you played? Is that where you played? I've, I've played forever, mate. You know, I'm a bit of a chill girl. Just all over. But uh, you know, plenty of us. Right back at home. Up, up, right back yeah, right. You know, left, right wing, right wing, cut this. Like, what is this? Like, get on with it. Right. Um. Or in a more serious way, I mean, he got eleven assists last year for Palace when he had, you know, Mateta and Ayu up front. So you'd hope for Chelsea, he gets a few more. He's really, really good at set pieces. Uh, he should take over all our set pieces. He's quality. Uh, I know he, he he famously scored that goal against Man United and didn't celebrate. His celebration is, you know, out of 100 is, is zero. He's not a very good celebrator. But him and uh, Nonny on the right-hand side with the left-footed, I'm not sure if I mentioned that before, but I like left-footers. But I think that's really, really competitive. And uh, I think people are quite confused about this. Um, Simon Jordan to now talks ball. Maybe it's a bit of Crystal Palace hate because he used to own Crystal Palace and they went bankrupt. But wasn't sure about it. But I mean, it's pretty standard to have two wingers in one spot. And with Nonny's, in, Nonny's clearly got some injury worries and, and so is Michael. So... If they can cover them, cover um, them, cover them each other in that sense, that'd be great. And um, I just think he's a really good pickup for the money. Yeah, I don't think you can argue that for the money, he's not a great signing because yeah. I think his floor is is very high. Um, you can always just sell him on as well. I don't think he's going to lose too much of his value when you buy him for this price. Um, 
yeah, I just think it does. I think we mentioned this last week. It just does block Madweke a little bit, or Madweke blocks at least one of the two. But yeah, maybe they, they view him as a ten as well. Um, a bit worrying, you know. Two thousand seven hundred minutes last year and two goals for Palace. You know, we're looking for killers, and you know, obviously still a young player. So, given the benefit of doubt, I, I, you can't complain about this signing. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good signing for us. Yeah, definitely a bit more of a Dembele type player, a bit more of an assister than a goal scorer. But I agree with that. But um, the goals are a worry, but. The set pieces are great, and we do and be just be good. To, I mean, set pieces are a huge part of the game, and City show that. And um, yeah, he could really help us bump up maybe five, six more goals a season with some better delivery. Yeah, I agree. For the price, very good pickup. I'm not convinced on him 100%, um, but I guess we're going to see how well he gets on. And we won't see him for a while because him and Madawaki are both injured. But um, I think it's a, it's an interesting signing. Because I think it, it's like you said, it, it does block a little bit of Madaweke. I think um, I'm surprised they went for someone in that position um, who's who's more experienced than Madaweke at Premier League level. So I wonder if he's going to be more like first choice, or or they prefer playing him in the ten. But yeah, it's an interesting one. I I really didn't think we would get him. So for that money, it's it's definitely worth getting in see how long he lasts and obviously like you said he retains his value so we can always sell him on if not we've actually got some breaking news which we're delighted to bring you here on escr as we always are um and that's lewis hall looks like he's on his way out uh looks like it's going to be 35 roughly around 35 million for him which is a lot of money to be fair um and we thought he was going to go on loan to crystal palace he signed a new contract it looked like it was all done they it looks like chelsea have delayed it Felt like they could actually probably get some value from him, and they have done. Um, Newcastle sniffing around. Um, we don't have the positions for him to play at the moment because we've got so much depth. And uh, apparently, he's he, you know he grew up as a Newcastle United fan as well, so probably difficult to uh, to stop this transfer going through in that sense. So, what do we think? Lewis Hall gone, thirty-five million. Um, I think it's going to be a loan with an obligation to buy. Sounds like. I think the Twitter, the Twitter, Twitter will be outraged. I saw earlier they were not happy. I, I've gone full circle on this a little bit. I think Luke, when, when, with Cobham products, even like Hudson Odoi, we backed Hudson Odoi to the hilt, and it just seemed like he just wasn't the player that we thought he was. And with Lewis Hall, I do think he's an exciting player. He's a good player. I do think he's a little bit overhyped though. He he looked very good last year in a team that was awful. Very silky player. I got. Um, he's a, he, you know, he's a very good player, but I think for 35 million, I, I think when you look at it, we've just spent 150 million this week plus on players. And if we set, if we were to sell Chalabar, Gallagher, and Hall, which would really not go down well with a fan base, you basically make the money back in a week. You'd probably get over 100 million, for, even because you probably get over 100 million for those players, and it goes straight into them. It goes straight into their books because they're academy products. It's not. It's not nice, but it's card hole cash. It's emotionless. It's just math. And um, I think that's what's going on, to be honest. I think they're just looking to just recoup. And if you've got to think about the long term. We do need to sell some assets if we're going to continue to keep buying. We can't just keep buying and buying and buying. We have spent a lot of money, which is widely reported. And yeah, these players maybe have to go. And the academy products are always going to be first because they just, they, we, we get the profit straight away. So um, yeah, I think that's probably what's going on. I think of all the sales we've made, this is the the riskiest for us. I mean, he's only eighteen years old and has looked. He looks silky to me, Lewis Hall. I mean, he looks like a top player, 
the potential to be a top player. The only thing, obviously, slight concern is his build, um, size, and maybe athleticism. But I think technically, he's one of the best players I've seen come through. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd be disappointed. I don't think Newcastle, are the sort of club we're going to get a buyback from as well. Um, so this might be goodbye for Lewis Hall from us, and that'd be gutting because 18, year, 18 years old he is, such a young player. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this one at all. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I really like Lewis Hall. I, I liked him last season. I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch when we played. Very, very good football player. You can tell. Also very um, tricky on the ball. Um, he's got a bit of acceleration as well. Uh, surprised that he's left after the contract got signed. But I can I can feel, obviously, you hear the reasons there at the beginning. It's it's uh, it's tough to keep him. And it's a shame because Kukurea isn't going to last probably at Chelsea as well. Um, Martson, we don't really know what's going on with him. So it's- I think it's very good news for you, Martson. I think it's very likely that Ian Martson will be... I, I think they'll probably want Kukurea at the club as well. I think Ian Martson's probably going to be the backup left back going forward. I think he likes Martson. Um and Lewis thought we didn't really play much in pre-season. And uh, sometimes with managers, it's like maybe Poch has gone, you know, I prefer Martson. And sometimes it just goes like that. And, you know, it's just, um, uh, I'm sure Poch hasn't really seen much of Lewis. But, I mean, it's just it's just a decision where it's a financial one. And you just it's £35 million for an 18-year-old. It's good business. And uh, we'll worry about if he becomes a superstar in three or four years. But at the moment, he's like third or fourth choice left back for Chelsea. And we're getting £35 million for him. So... For the board that has spent a lot this summer, it's probably hard to say no from a financial standpoint, I think. This is a new season and a new Brady. He he, he used to be the Cobham man, and now he wants to ship him yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean Hudson would have broke my heart, mate. I mean, uh, <laughs> not, not, tell, him all, tell him all off. You tell him to I, put him to the hills. Off his cheek. I mean, he got injured, bless him. All these superstar <laughs> players, it doesn't happen. I mean, Reese is, is one of them, and Mason Mount, you, you know. They're Cobham till they're not, you know. I'm only joking. But, um, no, <laughs> I'm worried about think... bringing you along to the Carabao Cup match. Now you're going to see a few young players. You're going to be... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Account- that's true. You get your accountancy books we, out. We all, we all love a Cobham love story. We all love Cobham player coming through. We do. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I said, if you, if you sell those free academy products that, uh, that, you know, that people really like, it will upset the fan base, but it won't upset the balance books. And... We've got to look at the long-term future of the club, and I don't think losing those three players massively hurts us, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, like, like I say, it's risky, but it's high rewards in the short term because it's a lot of money for an 18-year-old who's paid about 10 senior games for the club. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, right, The some other ones, just briefly. Chosen talks with Fulham, we hear. That's great. Uh, Lukaku deal seems to have paused. I guess Juventus were storming the pitch. They didn't want him. He probably looks like he's either... I, maybe they're waiting on Plavic. See what happens with Brozier. I don't know, but he'll, he'll definitely be gone. I think I think he's off to Saudi. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, other players we haven't heard much on. Hugo Chuk was probably going to have to go on loan now since we've got sort of four starting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Star's still there. We've got to get rid of him somehow. Akim Ziyech. We've got to talk about Ziyech is. Has passed his medical. He was. It was all going around Twitter that he failed. It was all one big joke um, by a broadcaster. But uh, he looks like he succeeded. And he's going to go to Galatasaray, which I think will be a good. Oh, is that actually a joke? Yeah, yeah, no. He's. It was all a joke. So he has actually passed, and oh, right, he, I was gonna say. he's going to sign for Galatasaray, which is great. Hmm. 
Oh right. Well, good. Actually, well, in that case, good, good for Hakim. I had a joke lined up for the fan of medical, but I won't do that now. I mean, it's good <laughs> that the Chelsea staff can finally attach an email. He finally got his move. It's gone from PSG to who else is it? Oh, the Saudi club. I know he's going to cut it. I think Galatasaray is quite a nice fit. Still a big club. Can still play yeah, yeah, yeah. European football club. I think he's still got. I think that's kind of a perfect fit for him. Um, still got some ability, and uh, yeah, maybe you can just see out his career there. Nice. Right, let's turn our attention to Sunday. We look forward to our match on Sunday against West Ham. Uh, game's at 4.30. It's at the London Stadium. It's a super Sunday. We're on the box again. How do you think we're going to line up against the Hammers? Actually, I've got a few stats. Um, for West Ham away, which um, don't make for great reading, I'll be honest. Nah. Um, we've only won once in our last six uh, away trips to West Ham, and that was in the 2020-2021 season. Do you know who... Uh, do you know what the score was? No. No. 1-0 win. Do you know who scored? 2020... It's a it's an old flame. Um, it's a it's a guy who you wouldn't have expected to score. Oh, Werner! And you've been given a team over Werner. Yeah, that was a big game that because we were going for top four then, and West Ham were in the mix. I remember that's a huge game that. Yeah, yeah, it was Chilwell down the line, and he, he kind of pulled it back on the touchline, and Werner, Werner actually that's missed it. like an actual open goal from two yards, and Tuchel looked like he was going to faint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We were able to to hold on in that one and uh, and keep the yeah. points. It was good. We had a lot of chances which we missed as as we tend to do. Um, so yeah, not not a great ground for us. Um, the games tend to be quite close, um, actually, which is surprising. We haven't had the the rubber the green down there for a while. How do we think we're going to line up for for West Ham? Were you expecting? I think very similar to what we lined up against Liverpool on Sunday. Obviously, it'll be a matter of opinion on Caicedo, whether he's ready to, to come in and start. I know he's in training all week. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a, a decision for Posh to make, whether he's, he wants to start him and maybe play Gallagher at 10 um, in a 4-2-3-1. I think that would look pretty good. Again, um, Madweke made the bench on um, Sunday, so maybe he might be ready to, to come back and play some minutes as well. Um, but I think, in essence, it'll be... Um, yeah, very similar team to the one that started Sunday. Do you think you'll go four, two, three, one, or this sort of whatever the it was kind of like more of a three, four, three, I think. We we kind of all agreed. Um how would you what would you think like starting lineups and who do you selecting? I quite like the idea of playing Colwell as a left back. Um and then, you know, Reese can get a bit more forward down that right hand side, but I know um you guys love Chilwell, and and you know we'll see. He's, what, he's getting what, dropped now, Chilwell. What, what, what they end up doing with him, but oh, yeah, I think um, on the scrap heap. I think like Silver. I think Colwell, Silver, Dezassi, and then playing Reese as a right back allows us to get a few more attacking players on the pitch um, as well, um, and playing uh, Mudrick or Sterling in that in that left wing spot. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what he does on on Sunday. It should, it should be interesting. I think Isaido will start and I think Ravi will get minutes. It's interesting what they're going to do because 
like I said, if they play four three three, which they might do, they quite like that with Enzo and Advanced Row when you can play pre three pure attackers. I think it's interesting what they're gonna do up front if they play a four two three one. I think it's obviously gonna be well you'd assume it's gonna be uh, Jackson Sterling plus one. I really think they need. Well, we spoke about this uh, at nauseum on the pod so far. They've really got to think about Carney in the ten. I mean, I just don't think the guy that he's got goals in him. And I think Gallagher might should play in a ten, and I think that's actually something Poch might do. Um, interesting because he's linked to West Ham as well. So if you're looking at maybe selling him, maybe playing him as a bit of an advertisement sort of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I think also Dzazi should play simply because West Ham's main threat is, is kind of like it was last season. They're really dangerous in set pieces. Um, you know, and they've got Antonio up front, who really is a unit, and we're going to need someone to to deal with him because I think Silver might, as the years go on, Silver's going to struggle against a attacker like Antonio and a team that plays in transition like West Ham. They're not massively fast on the break, but they're very, very, very physical, and we're going to set pieces are a problem. So, and it seems like Jared Bowen's got um, got some form at the moment. Obviously, scored in the uh, the. Uh, the European final last year that they played and they, he just scored a cracker against Bournemouth last, last week. So they, they only had 37% possession against Bournemouth. So you imagine that we're going to have, you know, 60, 65% possession and they'll play in transition. I think I just played Azazi just to help with, help Cole Wheel with, um, with Antonio because he is a handful and um, not always the best at finishing, but he really has just give Chelsea a hard time sometimes. So yeah, I think it'll be an interesting game and I think it'll just be a very similar game where, West Ham will just look to be physical and just like kind of bully us into it, bully us really, and uh, and they'll be rocking. It's their first home game in the season. They're, they're, the the vibe of that 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 club is amazing at the moment. So it'd be a difficult game. It'll be a very very difficult game. And hopefully we don't give away any uh, free kicks on the edge of the area. Yeah, it's going, I mean, I just going to say that with War Prowse. I mean, you've got War Prowse delivering it into you know like something we talk about. I mean, Kurt Zuma was always. I know he wasn't always in favour. Massively rated, but he was unbelievable. Really good. I remember thinking for Chelsea scored five or six goals one one season, didn't he? They've got a lot of height. They've got Suchek, they've got Antonio, um, Ben Rama. Paqueta's actually quite tall as well. Aguard at the back, Kufal. They've got a lot of physicality. So that's going to be probably one of their main routes to scoring. So um, at least we've got Sanchez now as a bit more dominant of a goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I think, it'll, like I said, I think it'll be a tough game. I think. We're looking at Lavia and Caicedo coming in and we're just sort of seeing this as a bit of a pushover. I think it'd be a really tough game. And I'm not saying I'd take a point. I wouldn't really be necessarily happy with a point. But we have really good fixtures coming up after this. We've got Luton at home, Forest, Forest at home, Bournemouth away, Villa at home, Fulham away, then Burnley away before we play Arsenal. Really, We've also really got good. Wimbledon as well in between that for some, some other yeah. game time for people. Yeah, so... This is like probably our toughest game, I'd say, and maybe other than Villa at home in the next like six weeks. So I'm not saying I take a point, but we have not got a good record at um, the London Stadium at all. So I don't think a point would be a disaster, but it's obviously a game we're looking to win. But it, all I was being Kaiseido, right? I think he'll start, and it depends how he gets us cooking. And but again, it's, we've got to try to score some goals, and that 10 is a real problem area for us. So. And obviously, at least he's injured, even if he comes in. So, very unlikely we're going to get an attacker in before the game. So, we have to wait from the transfer market. So, yeah, hopefully we can just uh, nick a you know one or two nil or something. I don't think it'd be a high-scoring game, to be honest. Yeah, we'll have Bursto on the bench. I think is our backup. Yeah, I got to yeah. say, I don't think anyone. I can't imagine anyone be happy getting a draw out of this game. Surely, this is a winnable game. I mean, they don't have. 
Declan Rice from last season, who was their standout player. I doubt Paqueta's playing, who was also their standout player. We've yeah. made a few new signings. These guys, we've got to be absolutely on these guys. Um, I, I imagine Caicedo will start. I don't think you spend that amount of money and put him on the bench, surely. Got to get, got to go for him. You know, the, you know, he talks about winning the league, Pochettino. This is, these are the games you've got to win. So, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think we should win the game. And if we have ambitions for top four, we really do need to win the game. But I just, I, I am concerned. And I literally just say this, I'm a broken record. I'm concerned about goals. Um, I think we're so reliant on Jackson. Um, maybe Raheem and Mihailo can, um, can can push it. And like, like Craig said, Nonny, hopefully he'll get some minutes. But we need goals. And yeah, hopefully. I just don't see us. I mean, we could definitely get goals from win back and like that. So I have to wait and see. But we could def- clearly we're going to be favourites for the game. I just think it is a tough game going to that stadium on a Sunday. They're going to be really up for it. I think it'd just be a tough atmosphere. We've got young players, a lot of players that haven't played in that atmosphere before, even play like Colwell in terms of playing at West Ham. So it's always tough. Yeah, even though it's not Upton Park, West Ham away is always quite tough. So, yeah. Colwell played for Brighton last season. He knows how to turn up at West Ham, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Silva's been there. Sanchez played in the league. Yeah, James. It's, it's not Fernandes, the greatest stadium in the world, but it's, they do create Gallagher, a bit of Chilwell, Sterling. Yeah. The only people not are... Jackson, this has been the people who played the last game. I just think you have to say that our record there is not good for a good reason. And, you know, they they can pick out big results. Oh, yeah. I think we've got a... I think the the thought process for me around this is we cannot approach this game like we did with Liverpool, where we're too worried about what they're going to do. Or we're worried about Antonio, we're worried about this and that. What they need to be worried about something... At the moment, I watch his play against Liverpool. What were they really worried about? Mark and Jackson in the box. And they had two, you know, fantastic defenders sorting that out. So we've got to get more people in the box and attacking them. And West Ham are going to be sat back playing counter. So no excuses for me not to be on the front foot in this one. Um, I'd be disappointed if we had three at the back. I think we've got good... I, I, I don't think that happen. I don't think that. But I think he'll play four two three one. I think um, we've seen actually Bruno Sosa last year. He actually played a similar thing where he played three across the middle and Liverpool against Liverpool. I, I, I don't think. I think it'd be a four two three one with Casado coming in. Um, I think you might see Silver on the bench in this game. That's my shout. Um, I think Dzassi and Colwell in a four might be better just because of the physicality. Personally, that would be my my little shout. Yeah, could be uh, from a pace um, point of view as well. Especially yeah. if we're going to play high up, yeah. Um, but we got we got we put faith in our defenders to defend, yeah. And the moment we start overthinking it, like imagine when you watch Liverpool play um, before, they were playing four two, they were playing four three three, and they were bombing forward from everywhere. And you thought they'd have like twelve players on the pitch. That's the level we need to get to. And at the moment, it feels like we're very worried about what might be happening on the other end. And not enough about scoring goals, and we need to get on people who are going to be adventurous, innovative. Oh, I think, this, I think it's natural to just be wary of West Ham's threat from set pieces. I think we're we're favourites for the game, clearly. And I'll be disappointed in a sense if we don't win. But with the fixes we have after, I don't think a point would be a disaster. Um, I mean, we we really do need to win. But yeah, just a tough place to go. Right. Score predictions for West Ham versus Chelsea, Craig. I'm going 2-0 Chelsea. I don't think they'll score. And I think Ooh. we're going to be quite dominant in this game, possession-wise especially. 
I just hope we don't get done on the counter when we're trying to like don't score or whatever, miss a few chances. And second half we get done on the counter and they score. But I'm expecting us to be dominant in this game. I think they'll be organised. West Ham, they'll frustrate us. But I think we will win this game 2-0. I'm going to go West Ham 1, Chelsea 2. Similar vibe to Dave. I think they'll score. I think they might score from set-piece. Great take for me there from an amazing set-piece team. But yeah, uh, yeah, 2-1 Chelsea. I think we'll just get, just get over the line. I, like I've said, I do think this will be a tough game. I think... I, I like 2-0, but I feel like I'm, I, I, I won't have the same. Um, I'll go 3-1, mix up a bit. <laughs> Chris has but gone I, for three goals and it's optimistic as always. Well, I was going to go 2-0, but... I'll, yeah. I'll make it slightly different. So three one. Let's have a Fair let's enough. have a game Fair of it. Fair enough. Let's move on to the quiz. Questions about the blues, so you don't lose the beat. A few clues, correct answers only. It is what it is. It's time for the ESCR quiz. Oh, I'm still the quiz master after Craig's little interview. It was a fake earlier. quiz. The real quiz was earlier. Oh, no, terrible. Trying to get Brutal. me displaced. We've got, we've got a few complaints in from Ofcom in the, in the summer, and now I'm getting displaced anyway. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's the, old, it's, the, it's the same the format that we've had before. You're probably going to guess it. It's players who have played for Chelsea and West Ham in the Premier And uh, we've got... It's, a, it's an old format, but we've got a new new scoring system. We're going to be playing against each other. Thought to spice wow. it up a bit this year. Brother versus brother. Brother off. So what we're going to do is we've got, we've got 11 here. Now, <laughs> sometimes with the quiz, you might pop one in me, pop one that I don't actually know. But I've got 11, and uh, we've got two that played on loan, and then nine who have played for both clubs permanently. So two of them play for only, both only play for West Ham on loan. Now, we're going to have a scoring system. If you get 10, if you get one that played for both clubs, you get 10. And if you get one that played on loan for West Ham and played for Chelsea permanently, you get 20. And if you need a clue, those ones are half, so 5 and 10. Okay, so there's plenty of points available. So we'll go one by one, okay? Yeah, Emerson. Ding, Emerson. 10 points for Craig. No, he's the loan one, right? 20. He plays for West Ham. He's not loaned, he's permanent. He was on loan, though. Yeah, but he paid for them permanently now. Come on, 20 points there. No, 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 no. Zuma. 10. Ding. 10 each. I'm going Scott Parker. Scott Parker is one. Well done. 20 10 to Craig. Yossi Benayoun. What an absolute dig out that is. Correct. 20 each, I tell you what, it's neck and neck. So that, let me just, that's what's been done. So he's done. I've got one, but I want to save him. I don't, I don't want to waste it. Because I don't I'm, think Chris will get uh, it. I'll tell you what, there's already some uh, tactics coming on here. You um, said, yeah. So we've got, we've got six left. I, I've got one. I mean, are you, is your go, though, isn't it? Right. It is my go, yeah. Go on then. Well, if you've got one, you've got to say it. No, that's not... <laughs> I don't have one then. Well, we, we, um, 
Well, so do I go now, or what are you doing? I think I get some time to think, don't I? What's the what's the? Uh... Well, I don't think you get to like keep one in your pocket. <laughs> All right, fine. Scott Minto. Scott Minto, correct. <laughs> we got we got six to... left. I'm gonna go for thirty Glenn... twenty to break. Glenn what? the Power Johnson. Oh, Glenn Johnson. Yeah, of course. Correct. Thirty each. It's back and neck. Got stuff I'm getting excited. I'm gonna wake up the neighbours here. So we're doing a late night pod here. So <laughs> late night, it's, it's, it's the excitement. Um, Frank Lampard. Yeah. Oh, no, the absolute. Guys. I mean, how have you not got that one? <laughs> we're saving him. In, I have him in my pocket. <laughs> you did. There's no, there's no keeping in your pocket, lads. It's absolute rubbish. Pocket rubbish. All right, there's five left actually. There's two loans left and right, three I've got, permanents. I've got Colton Cole. Correct. Is that correct? What do you mean, is that correct? Of course it's correct. I was never getting that. I'll tell you what, there's definitely some ropey old goalies in here. That's for sure. Four left I've got. The four left that I've got. What? Two permanent, two loan. 40 each, lads. You can get a clue and get half points, remember? I think it should just be a free-for-all from now. Yeah. Okay, I've got one. Joe Go Cole. On. Joe, Joe Cole with Frank. Joe Cole. Yeah, of course. Chris, Chris has snuck up here. It's 50-40. Do you get any minuses for getting them wrong? Mm, no. Celestine Babiaro. What? I think he played for West Ham today. Let's have a look. I don't think no. so either. It's Newcastle. Newcastle, isn't him. it? I don't think uh, this... No. 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 Uh, There's two loans and one perm. The loans are, t- are tough. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing dead here, I think. I had sh- I thought Sean Wright well, could have so it's on it's on Greg to be honest. I mean I'm I'll throw a clear out. Sean, Sean Wright people. Phillips Sean Wright Phillips isn't one, is it? So, that was Bradley Wright Phillips, wasn't it? Oh maybe that's right, yeah. Uh, no, he never played for West Ham. We actually was an answer recently because he played for Phoenix Rising, do you remember on a, on a separate quiz? He did he was another answer, yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm just looking at the players now. Shall I throw some quick? Shall I throw a clue out for each, and whoever gets it first, sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Maybe. First clue. First clue. Um, Is Bono's Endem one? Oh, no, he won't. Right. He scored an iconic goal at Highbury for Chelsea. Wayne Bridge. Wayne Bridge is one. He's got it. He's got it. It's sixty forty. Craig, you're in trouble here, mate. Two left. Need to get the loans. Yeah, so he got a clue. So he's like, you've, like, you've got there's thirty points he's... available left, but you you need Ma- it about Mario Stanley. Oh, no, he scored against West Ham, didn't he? There's one perm. Right, this player scored a really important last minute goal in the Champions League under Mourinho. Denver Bar. Denver Bar. He's got it. Oh, that's great. It's fifty sixty. I mean, I couldn't have written this better. There's one left. 
It's gonna have to be. Right, I'll give you it. Two, there's two loans, isn't there? Wayne Bridges alone. But I gave you ten because you ten. No way was it alone. Yeah. All right. Come on then. Because I only gave you ten because you got a clue. I explained yeah. the scoring system before. Come on, come on, come on. So the last one is is Craig fifty, Chris sixty. It's been a mad quiz for many many ways. Uh, this player played in the Antonio Conte title-winning side. Is it by any chance Victor Moses? Wow, it's Victor Moses. Bro. He's, he's done it. He's done it. It's Can't 70. believe it. It's me <laughs> neither. What a, a turn up! It's 70-50 to Chris, and he's one nil in the in the quiz. So Chris is. I tell you what. Oh, we're um, keeping a season total this year. I, I'll actually try next time then. Yeah, ooh, ooh <laughs> tell you what. So it's one nil to Chris, 37 to go. Still plenty to play for. So, uh, yeah, that was the quiz. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, a really edgy seat stuff at there at the end as well. 100%. Um, <laughs> right, guys. Uh, thank you very much, Brady, for that. Uh, last thing I want to do just before we finish off is talk about the fact we have an FPL uh, Fancy Premier League uh league available for everybody who listens to join and friends and family uh, if you send it around you can join it's on our twitter space we'll, we'll tweet it out uh, throughout the season so you can join if you already have an existing team and you're not in the league don't worry your points will transfer over from how you've been doing in any of your other leagues anyway um guys who are your hot tips this week on fpl oh i don't know i'm on yeah. prepared for this section if you haven't got Ben Chilwell, get him in immediately. Whatever Craig says, he's an he's an FPL. I think with Reece, with Reece James, a lot of people wouldn't have had Reece James from the start. Um, I think with how we set up, he could definitely be a good option. So yeah, maybe Reece James. Guys, the here's the hot tip for you: Enzo Fernandez on all set pieces, five million in midfield. Oh. It's got to be in it. I think when um, Elise signs for us, I think he'll be on set pieces. Yeah, I reckon. Enzo's quite small though, isn't Enzo it? Enzo did get an assist. Like, do you know, you got an assist for who scored the winner last year at West Ham? Not the, not the winner to get. He's got the. In oh, the Joel Felix. Yeah. Yeah, Enzo got an assist last year. It's not a bad shout. So, uh, hot tips. Hot tips. Craig, so. Craig, any shout? So at least say for you, is it? If we sign him, I think he'll be a good shout. I, I, I like Chilwell for a bit. Obviously, we've got some Chris, great just, players just coming up. Get, Chris, I just, I've just noticed your score total, mate. <laughs> You've got yeah, twenty nine. You've got twenty nine <laughs> points. I mean, well, to be fair, I got done because uh, I captained De Bruyne, who uh, yeah. limped off, and then Odegaard was my vice, my saving grace, um, in the hope that he would do something. And he, Arsenal were absolutely abysmal last week. I think they Top got player, out XG. Uh, his FPL name Morris. is Moolah. They've got eighty five, so you're you're already sixty behind, mate. So plenty of work to do there. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, it. I'm going to go uh, Nick Jackson, triple captain against Luton. Six or seven goals for him and we're right back in it. That's it, mate. <laughs> no, good job for, for Mula. We'll, we'll read out um, people who are top and hopefully I won't be bottom all season. All right, well, thanks very much, guys, for uh, for the pod again. Lovely. It's all right, mate. Yeah, new season, buzzing. And, uh, for, yeah, you know, Chris won the first quiz and let's hope Chelsea get the first victory on Sunday. Absolutely. Lovely. Right, that's all we've got time for today. 
regardless of the result on Sunday, we'll all be back next week. For more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on Twitter at EatSleepChelsea and Instagram at EatSleepChelseaRepeat. As always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. <laughs>